0: I'm really excited for you to dive into today's episode. I have Joseph and Chris Clausen here with me from a company called Get First Person, which is a supplement company making these amazing mushroom supplements to support brain health. I have been using these supplements and absolutely love them. I also absolutely love mushrooms, as you probably know. And in this episode, Joseph and Chris are going to be sharing all about mushrooms for both functional and psychedelic use and their effects on the brain, mental health and performance. And of course, we'll also be talking about psychedelics and the future of psychedelics. Make sure that you check out the show notes so that you can learn more about Joseph, Chris and Get First Person and know where to find these awesome supplements. And tag us on Instagram when you listen. You can find me at The Spiritual Boss Babe. All right, without further ado, let's welcome Joseph and Chris onto the show. Welcome to The Spiritual Boss Babe podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire... a massive impact in the world, and it's time. So let's do this. Welcome, Chris and Joseph. I am so excited to have you on the show. This is actually my first time having two guests at the same time on the podcast. So you guys are very special. <laughs> Thank you for being here.
1: All right. We're glad to be here. It's great to see you again. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank
0: yeah, I've been really excited to have you guys on the podcast. For those listening, I met Joseph and Chris um, several weeks back at an event, a wellness event here in Austin, Texas, and I got to know a little bit about what they do. They make these amazing supplements from called First Person. I feel like I'm literally like a <laughs> like an undercover sales rep for the company now. <laughs> I've literally been telling everyone about these supplements. I've been taking them and. Once I kind of got to know you guys each individually for briefly when you were here, I just felt like really excited about what you guys are doing and passionate to support and help get your message out. And I would love to open this up with you sharing a little bit about what led you on the path to creating these supplements. And of course, we'll get into what they're all about and all of that, but what really led you on this path to doing what you're doing?
1: Sure. Yeah. We we started this uh, years ago, Joe and I did, and it's really about brain health, right? That's how we got started. And we in our family have a history of Alzheimer's disease. So our dad and our grandfather both went through it and both passed away from Alzheimer's disease. So uh, when we were younger, we saw our grandfather go through it and you know we were like, wow, this is terrible. But then when dad started going through it um, and we could witness that firsthand, Joe and I just decided that we weren't going to be next in line. And so this was before Del Bredesen and end of Alzheimer's and all this information. And we just started learning everything we could go into conferences, uh, at, you know, reading books, uh, just trying to figure it all out. And that led us down the path of functional mushrooms like lion's mane and it led us to psychedelic mushrooms uh which are kind of like the holy grail of brain health we believe uh and so we're both entrepreneurial and started uh as we started learning this is that more people need to know this uh brain health is a uh it, you know dementia is, is a tragedy in our 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 country and, and it is it's progressively getting worse as as a, the population is aging um, and we need to we need to help people. So we, we started uh, this company in order to help that mission.
2: Mm,
0: beautiful. Um, and so what what exactly causes like Alzheimer's and dementia?
1: oh it's it's a, it's a lot of things it's uh, yeah. it's it's multimodal right so they they say it it actually starts 20 30 years before you actually start seeing symptoms so wow yeah so you need to take care of your brain really your whole life so when you're in your 20s and 30s uh, that's really when you should be concentrating on it because if you wait until you're you know forgetting where the keys are and locking yourself out of the house it's uh it's really too late right now there's no real turning it back there's some slowing the progress down, but there's no turning it back but if you can prevent it by getting started early enough with diet and lifestyle changes like Joe and I you know adopted a cyclical ketosis diet uh, which is a brain healthy diet, and just really changed our relationship with Alcohol and and those type of neurotoxins that you consume on a regular basis. So there's there's lots of, of things that cause it, and everybody's a little different on what causes it. But it's really about um, really taking care of. If you take care of your brain, you take care of your whole body, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
0: I wasn't sure if you wanted to add something, Joseph. You looked like you kind of did. No,
3: no, he's he's good. Chris covered that good, one hundred percent. Um, you know, it is you know, that question is a tough one. Like what exactly causes it? Science still doesn't know. They're, they're figuring that out, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it, diet and lifestyle seem to be the, you know, major contributors and, you know, it correlates directly with our obesity epidemic that we're we're seeing in, in this country today. You see as obesity goes up and, and, and diabetes goes up, so does Alzheimer's dementia in direct correlation with those other two diseases. And so it's, they hand in hand with with our diets and our lifestyles. What we're putting in our bodies and what our bodies trying to utilize as fuel and actually to build our own brain cells with. We're using our own unhealthy oils in our diets. We're not consuming massive amounts of these seed oils that were actually industrial lubricants at one time and now they're just commonplace in our diet and mm-hmm. evolutionary we probably bodies really don't know what to do with these these oils that are highly oxidized and heavily treated with chemicals and and high temperatures to get them out of the their, what they were in whether it was cottonseed or soybean or whatever you're you're taking it out of you know trying to be brain healthy in our in our diets and, and lifestyles is, is the starting point um, and for for brain health and then like as Chris said that led to functional mushrooms and then eventually down the road to, to psychedelic mushrooms um, and as as we we read into research on the what possibilities that the uh, psilocybin can do for cognition and and neurogenesis um, was amazing, and and you know that led us to our own personal experimentation with it. Um, mm-hmm. We did, of course, did it when we were younger in college, you know, just for fun. We weren't using it as medicine, um, but then you know you you have kids in the life, and you kind of go away from that kind of behavior and uh, get get down to real life, and then. And then we circle back to it later on in life and we find it as a medicine to, to help. And we we actually use it to help treat our father at the end of his his journey. And it really helped him with, um, you know, I think just being uh, and where he was in his state of uh, state of being. And, and it gave us and gave Chris perspective in particular as it, you know, and as and, and having perspective of where he was coming from and. And and his point of view uh, during that, which helped us, you know, understand his his way and how to treat him better as caregivers. Mm. Um, we found it really really profound in that way.
0: Yeah, I remember you actually shared a little bit of that story with me. Would you mind sharing a little bit of it when you decided? Of course. To, yeah.
3: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. So you know, um, he was 13 years into into dementia and. And he was, you know, in a bad way. He'd been in an aged care facility um, for a little while, and they'd put him on a bunch of uh, heavy drugs to control his behavior because he was, you know, not a small guy and and stubborn. Didn't, didn't like to be told what to do. He wanted to be asked. He didn't want to be told. And so they had to, like, drag him up to get him showered up and cleaned up and everything. And then we pulled him out of the aged care facility to look after him at home and home care him. And um, same problems existed, right? And and then I tried tried using um, like edible uh, marijuana and stuff, and it kind of just sedated him to a point where he was kind of pliable, but it really didn't do anything for him cognitively. And so we were looking for something to help his brain. And <clears> then <throat> we're you know we're giving him lines, meaning we're putting him in a ketogenic diet, we're doing everything we could to, to keep keep his his brain as healthy as we could at, at you know that stage of his disease progression. And then when we um, decided to give him some microdoses at first of psilocybin, and then titrate titrated up to a, a more of a a small psychedelic dose. Um, And it really worked, you know, well, I wouldn't say it worked as in like it didn't take away his dementia, but it took him from just kind of sitting there and staring out the window and not really being super communicative to telling crazy stories and laughing to himself. And like one of the first things he did is he went up and took himself to the bathroom for the first time. And that's an amazing thing for someone who's incontinent. And for the caregivers, like an after them, that was an amazing thing. And then he came out and gave mom a hug and thanked her for being such a yeah, good caregiver. You know, thank you for taking such good care of me, honey, is what he said, which mm-hmm. is like, I was super emotional and amazing for her to experience that at that stage. Cause he hadn't said anything like that in years. Like, you know, and then we continued to kind of keep him on a dosing mm-hmm. protocol and Chris, and Chris could come up from Oklahoma. and We spent a lot of time with him since was in Colorado and he, he would just be hilarious. Like just the craziest <laughs> stories. And, and it was really amazing to, to see that, that kind of joy and, and happiness that brought to him at the end of his, his journey.
0: Wow. Were you guys nervous to like start trying that with him?
3: I was, I was. But the, then I looked at the drugs that, they, uh, that we had weaned him off of and they were just these massive antipsychotics and SSRIs. I was like, you're giving him SSRIs? There was like antipsychotics, SSRIs in combination with like Valium. I was like, "What are they trying to do to this guy?" <laughs> like, mm. You know, like it wasn't good. It was just kind of a, a, you know, a zombie when he came out of there. And um, so we went him off slowly, and then and then that's when we tried the, that other protocol. And it was it was really really good. I think I think it was it was beneficial for him as well as everyone around him uh, mm. at the end of the time.
1: Yeah, mm. and, and and our personal experience with the medicine made it not so. You know, scary to give it to somebody yeah. else. I mean, it is the safest drug that exists. you know, it's like it's psychedelic mushrooms are. So we didn't have any fear that it was gonna cause any harm. Um we were just hopeful that it would do some good. And yeah,
0: yeah, I have to agree with you. Mushrooms are definitely the safest and easiest to work with in my experience too, and many others. And so that, after that, that led you to further research and eventually developing your line of supplements.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. we were taking microdoses. We we're growing the mushrooms ourselves. I wasn't buying them on the market, so I was <laughs> doing some <laughs> amateur mycology, and then we were making our own microdoses. And then we started sharing with friends and family, and then getting all these anecdotal reports. People like, "Man, this is changing my life!" Like, thank you for making these for me. Like headaches, you know, migraines going away, to crazy stuff like golf scores getting better and people are just like, I can't play golf without those microdoses. You've got to give me some more of those. And we were just like, wow, there's a, this is so unbelievable that we just have to go for, this has to go, you know, got to do this for real. And um, We got to get these compounds out there into people's hands and go the legal route and not try to run the gray market. There's a huge gray market nationwide. I'm sure in those major communities, you can go get your mushroom chocolate bar off the street, but don't really know what you're getting dose wise and, and everything. And so, and that's what we're going to do with, with first persons. Well, we have amazing of supplements that you take already, you know, that with functional mushrooms and other botanicals um, that are really well formulated, but we're going to do the same with, with psychedelic mushrooms. So as to be able to understand what they are and why each one is different and, and study that, and that's different, different tryptamine analogs in all of the mushrooms. And so they have different effects. So a mushroom mm. from Thailand is different than mushroom from Mexico is different one from also from Australia. And, why is that? And then figure that out and then do the work behind it that, that, um, that will reveal that. And we've teamed up with some great scientists with like Don Diagostino. he's a neuropharmacologist researcher. He's on our team and he's super excited to do this research and help us put this stuff together. And so it's super exciting on that front is to advance uh, the standardized dosing of psilocybin itself in a natural form, but also understanding what all the other tryptamine analogs and different species is kind of like marijuana does. You know, there's different strains, and different terpenes, give a different experience and mushrooms are be a similar, but different way. And then be able to have people kind of, you know, get to choose their healing journey and whether and provide those macro doses to the therapeutic industry that wants a, an organic natural source of mushrooms that's measured and quantified as an extract. So, you know, exactly the dosing you're giving your patients and not just randomly guessing that's four grams of dried mushrooms you know <laughs> so and and really pushing that part of it forward but in the natural way again not synthesizing the, the compounds but just using a uh, methodology to extract it from the mushroom and then and be able to dose it precisely mm. are
0: there are there, there's a lot of different types of mushrooms out there
3: we have like a quite a large library of so like um mushrooms in our library already. I've actually, psychedelic ones. mm -hmm. Yeah. But about 60 different species in our library right now. Yeah.
0: That's wild. Um, I want to go a lot of different ways with this. First, I want, I want you guys to share a little bit more about what's in the supplements for first person. Then we'll go the microdosing route because there's a lot on that too. So first person, the supplements that you guys carry, there's three different ones. Um, I'll let you do the talking and uh, share, like, yeah. what's in what kind of mushrooms are in the different ones and what do they do? Um, ever since I've been taking my love, them. I took the I took the um, what's the orange one again? Golden, the
1: golden hour.
3: hour. That's my Not golden right hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fantastic.
1: golden hour is the best. So yeah, yeah I'll give you a little.
3: Brief. <laughs> I like sunbeam too. Thank you. Like, yeah. I, yeah. they're head, they're head to head. I
0: like them all. I get I get a nice yeah. sound sleep with the moonlight too
3: right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's what's the, the the formulary is so thoughtfully created and so it's not just the mushrooms that are in there and then they are the mushrooms are very powerful but it's not just a couple of mushroom batters. you know there are, are botanicals and then there's some minos uh, and tyrosine. So there's things that are, that work in synergy together to, to boost say, like in the sunbeam product is dopamine that we're going after. So it's not just the mushrooms that are helping do that, but it's the mushrooms in combination with say tyrosine and combination with a little bit of uh, muconopurines extract, which is a form of L-DOPA, which is a precursor to make dopamine in your body. So we're really supporting that, that whole transporter, that neuro system of dopamine around there. So So your body allows your body to have a healthy balance of of dopamine available. So you feel motivated and you feel great. So you're not depleted in it. So that's kind of um, the magic in there. And Chris, keep going. He's uh, one of the chief formulators here.
1: The the differentiation between what we have uh, and what's out there on the market is that, one, everything is driven by brain health. So there's a lot of nootropics out there that is about performance, focus energy. You'll see that across the board, um, but they're just a little bit of kitchen sink. They throw everything in it. Um, so we, we took a, a more deliberate approach and we're targeting specific neurotransmitters and supporting those neurotransmitters and simultaneously staying away from the serotonin receptors which is what psilocybin acts on. So these are designed to go with a, a microdosing protocol and not compete with a microdosing protocol. A lot of the uh, nootropics out there, if you stack them with your psilocybin, may be competing with those serotonin receptors and making the psilocybin not work as well, right? So we didn't want to do that. So we wanted to create it. So with the sunbeam, it, it, it targets dopamine, as Joe was saying, and, and it's a good stack with when you have dopamine and, and serotonin together with a microdose, it is very good feeling and motivated at the same time, right? So it was designed because, you know, one thing I was doing, I was taking a dopamine, a prescription dopamine reuptake inhibitor, um at Concerta, and then stacking that with a microdose and then I could just get all sorts of work done, like I could sit down and plow through five hours and 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 keep my head down the whole time and I was like let's do this without a prescription let's get the dopamine boost, hit it with a, a microdose, and really be able to m- focus and and stay on task and so we we feel really great about that the the golden hour that we were talking about is something that's really unique right so it's like targeting oxytocin and supporting and boosting oxytocin, which is, that's the love hormone that you know mm. that makes you feel good. You get that boosted when you when you hug somebody or pet your dog or something like mm. that, right? So you know the the thought process process around that from a brain health standpoint was can we create something that you could take in lieu of having a couple drinks to take the edge mm. off or even smoking a joint? Which is may or may not be totally brain healthy, probably is not to do it all the time. Um, so let's create that. And in a nutraceutical form, in a legal nutraceutical form, that can be hard to do. Um, and as far as I know, no one had really uh, attempted that. So I didn't know if it was going to work or not. But when we got the formulations back for the first time, and I took it for the first time, I was actually, we were in Jamaica, um, our, our psilocybin. Uh, R&D is in Jamaica. So we we're in Jamaica and, and I just got them back and I was like, okay, we're going to try this at dinner. No wine, no drinks, no nothing. I actually got the little tingle up the back of your neck that you get sometimes mm. from psilocybin from taking the golden hour. I just was like, two of them? wow, two of them. One wow. dose. I was like, ah, this stuff really works. And I really felt good. And, and, and so the, the feedback, a lot of people are giving us feedback. Uh, they think that Possibly there's psilocybin in there, which there is not. <laughs> it does kind of feel like there is, but there is not any psilocybin in that product at all um, and it and it is it is something I'm really proud of that we are that we've introduced uh, to the world and in our sleep formulation uh, from a brain health perspective is about deep restful sleep, right So when you go into the deep uh, cycle sleep, that's when your brain cleans itself out. And you can wake up refreshed. A lot of the sleep supplements are melatonin. Let's get you to sleep. Let's knock you out. Let's make you think you had a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, But ours is designed to actually take you into deep, restful sleep. And if you track it with an aura ring, uh, you can actually see that some people are getting an extra hour of deep sleep tracked on their aura ring by taking our moonlight from before not taking it.
0: Wow. I notice yes. when I take the the moonlight, like I've I've been waking up earlier, even when I go to bed at the same time.
1: <laughs> well, maybe you're getting there. maybe your body's yeah. saying this is enough. Let's go. Yeah. I'm ready to go again. Right? You've yep. got your rest out.
3: And my you know my favorite combo, I guess I like to stack uh, or the formularies too. I really like to stack the sunbeam in the golden hour mm. because you're then kind art. of yeah you're targeting that dopamine. And the oxytocin, so you're motivated, but you feel really lovely and great. And then if you combination that with microdose, it feels a little bit like you've had some MDMA. <laughs>
0: wow, I have to try that.
3: Because <laughs> there's hitting all those receptors kind of at the same time, and you feel really elevated and lovely and, and, and good. Yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a good combination.
0: Very cool. Did you say what kind of mushrooms are in
1: the them?
3: So, yeah. sorry, yeah, the Sunbeam is um, lion's mane and cordyceps. Cool in this sun yeah,
1: yeah. And golden hour is a little bit of lion's mane to give you a little bit of focus, not a, a whole lot. And then uh Rishi mushroom in in that. And then Rishi mushroom is in the sleep formulation. Mm, got it. But that's not the only ingredients. Like Joe was saying earlier, yeah. there's a there's a list of synergistic uh ingredients that we formulated to to target those neurotransmitters and and achieve the goal beyond mushrooms. Mushrooms are a component of it. Um, but they're just one component.
0: Yeah. And let me just talk about the freaking branding and packaging for a minute, you guys.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So, And for everyone listening, you definitely have to check these out. Just the branding and packaging alone and the, the pills, like the capsules, how they have these little, the little beads in them. It makes it so much more fun to take them. Like I I don't even keep them with my other supplements. And I always remember yeah. they're on my fridge because the case sticks to the fridge. And yep. there, it's just more fun to take them. I don't know. It's That was genius.
1: <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Shout out to our marketing team, uh, Adam Schoenberg, our chief marketing officer. Good job, officer, did a good job great time there. And uh, <laughs> we, right. we've hired some great uh, agencies to help us with all that. But it is true. And I find myself drinking that Kool-Aid, too. Like, I go in and I get all excited to open the little tin yeah. and, <laughs> and take the little pills. And I'm like, wait a minute. I made these. Why am I so excited about this? <laughs> But um it is very motivating rather than just a capsule full of brown powder, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it does give you a little a little boost of uh, of joy, I think, when mm-hmm. you take them.
0: Exactly. And they're so colorful too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they are quite beautiful. They work, they they look really nice online. So yeah. that that's serving many good Great purposes job. For us. Yeah,
0: and totally sets you guys apart, sets them apart for sure.
1: Definitely. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something? No,
1: <sighs> definitely Okay.
0: So microdosing. You guys mentioned stacking microdosing psilocybin mushrooms with the first person stuff. First, what like what is your what is your microdose? <laughs> like like how much? <laughs>
1: how do you define a microdose? Yeah. Everybody's a little bit different, but you know, I would define it as Uh, kind of the top end of 250 milligrams of equivalent of dry powdered mushrooms and below could be a microdose and you would adjust that according to how it affected you Mm -hmm. right so joe would you agree with that yes yeah
3: that's that's how i go 250 milligrams is depending on the strength and the strain of the mushroom species you're using i mean they can be five or 10 X what this one is, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. so that it, it depends, but equivalent about 250 milligrams of, of dried mushroom of a standard, uh, cubensis mushroom. So cool. that's kind of what I would do as a microdose. And then, you know, then we take it up to kind of like, a demuseum dose, you know, um, which is like a, more like a gram, right. You know, and then that's a little bit more visual. You're getting that little bit more sparkle. It's a little bit more pleasant to sit there and stare at things like trees and paintings and whatnot. And then the mini dose, which is kind of sub-psychedelic, but from the museum dose up where you it's kind of like a, if you're going to go to a festival and you're going to have like, but you don't want to like hallucinate as you're walking around the thing. You're going to have like a gram and a half or something, you
2: know? Got exactly.
3: it. So it's different levels of quote unquote micro dosing or mini dosing or whatever, but for just a a fully non uh, experiential where you don't really have too much notice to it, I would say it has to be below that 250 milligrams because at 250 milligrams, I'm usually starting to register that there's an extra thing going on. And personally, like it has to be really a low, low dose for me not to feel any
0: same. I have a couple different types of microdoses. I love the ones that I tried from you. <laughs> Those are really good, but I have like ones that are, I don't know how much there, but you can't, you can't notice it. Um, last week though, I took one that is a macro micro and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to feel it. I've done it before. I didn't feel anything. And I was I had a call, like a recording that I had to do right when it kicked in. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot that I even took it. And I could really <laughs> feel it. And I was yeah. like, I'm never doing this again when I have shit to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's yeah, the was- problem. That's the problem right now with just off the street, right? So they could even have measured it out and said, whatever, this is 200 or 500. But depending on the flush, depending on the strain, you could have gotten a lot heavier dose of psilocybin in there than what you thought you were getting. So that's a problem right now with any of the chocolate, any of the pills off the street in the future. um, It's, it's, it's a reason for legalization. Like Mm. let's have some kind of standardization. So you could choose to say, I just want a microdose and not trip today and know that that was going to be the case. I've done that same thing myself where I took a couple of squares of chocolate and thought it was just going to, you know, I'm going to have a good day. And the next thing I know, I'm closing my eyes and going, <laughs> Holy crap. I'm really, I'm taking them too much, you know, potentially it doesn't, I'm kind of a horse, so it takes a lot to get me, but I'm able to motor on, but uh, it would be nice to have, you know, some standardization at, in the future of legalization.
0: Yeah. And what, what goes into the standardization? Like how come some may be stronger than the other
1: you don't know, like one mushroom from that, maybe, you know, have X amount of psilocybin and psilocin and biocystin and norbyocystin in it. And another one, the same exact size mushroom may be twice as potent, right? Or three times or four times. So if you chop that up, grind it up, put it into a capsule, one is a microdose and one is a mini dose. And they're the same exact amount of powder wow. in there, right That's so wild. it's just kind of hard to tell yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: so how yeah, they change you- from flesh to flesh to like a, a, a it'll grow like out of that block like that mushroom block there Multiple times, so that's the first flush. Is the first mushroom that grows out of there, mm. and then they've shown some of the studies have shown it's actually like the third, fourth, and fifth flushes are the most potent flushes. So wow. it's not the first mushroom you pick or the second, but it's like the third, fourth, and fifth ones that come off of that substrate that have the most concentrated psilocybin in them. So like the first, like the Chris has said, if you picked all of your first flush and you dried all of those and made capsules out of all of those, they're going to be significantly different strength than the third, fourth, and fifth flushes off of those same. Uh, producing substrates. Wow. So that's probably why there's variation because people probably do it in batches like that. They'll pick it all one day. And then a week mm-hmm. later, there's a, the second flesh pops up and then they pick all of that and they harvest them. and They do different batch runs. I'm, I'm imagining that's how yeah. it works. And that's how, there there be large variations between one to the next?
0: Mm. So how, ours, right? how are you, you guys shifting that with the microdoses that you're, you're doing that you have the center in Jamaica that's doing all this stuff, right? So right, actually so. doing
3: the science behind it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, just, just, not just guessing, like taking it, doing a, an extract process on the, on the mushroom and removing it from the mushroom fiber into a liquid. And then we can quantify that liquid down to a certain volume. And then we can take a sample, analyze that sample, and know precisely how much psilocybin, biocysteine, wow. or biocysteine, and everything is in that liquid sample. Then we can reapply that to a, a beverage or whatever delivery mechanism we want to serve that to people in, um, you know, back onto a fiber. You can mix it or whatever you want to do.
1: Wow. yeah I will need to qualify this by saying this is in Jamaica where it is legal, yeah, and not in the United States <laughs> where uh, it is illegal <laughs> thousand percent yeah. one thousand percent.
0: when do you think it will be legal here?
1: It's coming right, yeah. so it's coming state to state, there's all sorts of decriminalization measures happening in different cities uh, across the United States, and there's small legalization like in Oregon that's coming that will be. Um, at least at a therapeutic level, be legal next year. Um, and, but then it's probably going to unroll in, in a state-to-state um, ballot measure. But my prediction is um, that it will come on a lot quicker than a federal legalization of marijuana, which has still not happened, mm. uh, mainly because of the evidence uh, behind it, the scientific evidence about it's medical benefits. Right. So it's a schedule one drug. And that means that there are no medical benefits. But now we're coming up across, you know, dozens and dozens of research projects showing that there is, in fact, medical benefits. Mm. And some of the benefits are profound and they are bipartisan. So this needs to happen at a political level. Right. So from a political standpoint in the United States, Everybody, it doesn't matter um, if you're uh, red or blue um, or in between, can get behind the fact that we don't want um, uh, veterans killing themselves from PTSD. Well, MDMA and psilocybin are showing to pretty much eliminate potentially those suicides from from soldiers having PTSD. So why would our society or our politicians want to prevent that from happening? You know, so Mm. MDMA will be first. It will come across um, legalization where they can have access for uh, PTSD and hopefully followed by psilocybin shortly thereafter from a federal level. You know, Texas, I don't know. You know, Texas is is already uh, done some ballot measures for research. So University of Texas there in Austin is doing some research projects. Around um, peyote and psilocybin. Wow. So, um, California, of course, uh, and Colorado will probably be coming online really soon with legalization measures.
0: Wow, what an exciting time that's going to be. Like, I always have said, ever since I started doing work with mushrooms, that they're the answer to world change. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> they seem like yeah. it.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, to, to yeah. Chris's point, what he was just talking about, it's, you know, 20, veterans a day commit suicide in the United wow. States. Twenty a day. That's day in so and sad. day out. It's insane. It's insane. And we do virtually nothing to help them. So hopefully these compounds will will, will be allowed to be used to help people like that. And then allowed for every person to we're about prevention again, brain health prevention and mental health starts with your brain health and if you can Mm -hmm. help people maintain healthy mindsets and feel more connected to each other the earth you know this is what the the medicine does that actually makes you aware that you are connected to everything and that we are all connected and that connected to these trees and this planet and it gives you a greater feeling of connectivity it just does is undeniable and then more people that feel that the healthier planet is going to get you know and and Societally, if we can allow people to have access to these these compounds, I think it'll be a huge, huge shift in the right direction for for our our people and hopefully just the kindness and awareness that we have for each other.
0: Yeah, it really connects you more to your heart and love and peace. And Mm. it's just crazy to begin with that it's not legal. Well, we all know why that is, big
1: pharma, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that—that's the big hurdle to overcome. Most most likely is that uh, the uh, antidepressant is a big industry, um, yeah. and the uh, SSRIs um, Which are dominate that. People. They're messing. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're not. They—they're not for everybody uh, by any means, and um, a lot of people are weaning themselves off of SSRIs and replacing that with microdosing to great success. Mm-hmm. Um I know several people who have done that. I know a few um, that s s r i s just were not working for them, or perhaps just making them n- not numb but so you know <clears throat> in this life um all of us have challenges right and 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 part of being human is learning to overcome those challenges. And if you're taking a SSRI, a lot of times it's like what's happening to people is they're not working through their issues. They're just blunting them. We also do that with alcohol. We also do that with weed. We also do that with other hard drugs. So rather than face these issues and work through them and get to the other side of them. We just kind of numb them. Mm -hmm. And one thing psychedelics do is bring you to an awareness of those parts of yourself, which need improvement. Mm -hmm. And it helps you understand how even you can go about improving them. At least this is my experience. And then you're past the point where maybe you don't need that. SSRI anymore, or maybe you don't need that microdose anymore. I find myself after years of microdosing, not feeling that it's a need anymore, right? It's like, I do it for neurogenesis more than I do it for that. I'm working through some personal issues that I need Mm -hmm. to work through. I do it for creativity. You know, I'll take a a, a mini dose um, on a brainstorming day when I'm trying to, uh, you know, think about what's coming next for the company and what direction we can go and what products we can make, mm-hmm. uh, and it's great for that. So it's more of a tool that I use deliberately than it is for solving problems anymore. And uh, SSRIs never get you to that point. You can take them for fifty years, and all you're doing is 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 pushing those problems off. Mm-hmm. And once you
3: start taking them, you can't stop.
0: With the SSRIs?
1: Yeah, you
3: can't just stop you have to wean off like if you just stop it can you have a it can be fatal Uh, really yeah it's yeah they are super dangerous to just quit um especially if you're on a high dose um and then most people that because they don't really you know there's this meta study that came out and they were roughly as efficacious as the placebo effect you know and that was a meta study done over thousands of studies and it's like, so they don't really work. Of course, they work for a handful of people, but in general, not much more than taking a, a placebo and and oh. it's doing some harm, especially when they don't work. And then people continue to a very personal experience of this is that, you know, people continue to medicate with alcohol and the combination of SSRIs and alcohol changes people's brain chemistry where it literally changes who they are and, and,
0: wow. it,
3: and to a, a a bad way into a negative state, into a violent state sometimes, and it's it's really sad to see that happen. You
0: know? Yeah, how come people can do psilocybin uh, when they're taking SSRIs, right? But they can't. Doesn't his... work.
3: Oh, okay. Problem is, it's you're activating the serotonin receptors with psilocybin, and when you're taking a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, you're basically occupying those sites. I had a friend of mine in Colorado. It was. And um, bipolar stuff and on a really strong SSRI for bipolar. And he really wanted to trip as a journey to try to heal some of his, his issues. And he took like an ounce and a half of mushrooms and nothing happened to him. He was, going, what's wrong? he was like, what's wrong with me, Joe? And I was like, what are you, what are you on right now? And he told me what he was on. And I looked it up and I was like, that's why. And he went to his psychologist and he got his psych- psychologist to, to wean his dose down so he could do a journey. Um, okay. And because he couldn't experience it while he was on such high doses.
0: Wow. I know for, for other psycho or like ayahuasca, for example, you cannot be on SSRIs. Like, it's dangerous. But for yeah. mushrooms, it's not necessarily dangerous. It's just you need more. To... Well, I think you can still have I,
3: serotonin I, syndrome. can still yeah. happen. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I, I just think it still can be dangerous. To
0: clarify. Cool.
1: Yeah. Wow. You'd yeah. be careful with it, for sure.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like there's still a big stigma around psychedelics around mushrooms
1: it's breaking down fast it's amazing yeah. um yeah. and so we were at the metabolic health summit in santa barbara um just right after we saw you um a couple of weeks later uh, which is a scientific co- conference with lots of uh mds nds phds it's it's a high-end metabolic scientific conference and i was amazed at the reception that we were having when we were just having general conversations about mushrooms and psychedelics. We had a booth there. um, And the number of people that were not only open to it, but had tried it and had incorporated already into their medical practices for their patients was mind-blowing. I would say of the people I talked to, it was 70 to 80% had already had some kind of experience with psychedelics was using them personally or was prescribing them, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for their patients to do. Um, some of them sending them to Mexico or to Jamaica or something like that, so that they could experience them legally. Mm-hmm. And then just from a personal level of just people that you know were, you know, maybe even as two years ago would have been um really, you know, scared are now asking you know, could this help me? You know, mm. so the, as as the evidence comes out, it's really breaking down that stigma uh, across our country. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, in different circles that I've been introduced in the health and wellness place from Austin to um, L.A. Um, you know, microdosing is 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 rampant in these circles. Like people are already fully abreast of there's, I'd, I mentioned it earlier, there's a huge gray market in, in all these towns. Where like chocolate bars everywhere, you know, you go to a party, no one's drinking. You're like, what's going on here? And everyone's eating some chocolate. You go, oh, I see what's going on here. That's a, it's a LA sober or whatever, you know, and it's like, and they, they, they don't drink, but they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. dose. And, and that's, uh, it's, it's, it's huge. Like moms at microdose, moms that, 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 that shroom or is, is trending
0: moms i mean it's it, yeah it was like uh, yeah. moms that
1: microdose <laughs> yes <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> it, it's a thing there's articles uh, oh. we we got uh, called into a pre-interview about that um from uh was it l magazine joe something like that was doing an article on moms that microdose and was you know. getting close from us
0: Wow, what would you say to someone who is um, like who is nervous? I've been I've been trying to get my mom to microdose, and she is she has been a little nervous. Um, But yeah, what would you say to people who are thinking about it, um, either microdosing or exploring mushrooms in some capacity on their journey that are a little scared? Because there's different levels of things that can happen. Like a microdose is way different than like a freaking five gram journey. (laughs) Right. right. Um, But yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say let them come to it on their own terms, right? Mm -hmm. So, I would, I would, I would educate them. I would provide them with the education, but they really need to enter the relationship with the medicine on their own term, Mm -hmm. Um, because if they don't, there's the possibility that it real will amplify their fear, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. mushrooms and psychedelics can amplify the state that you're in. That's the setting or the set, right? The mindset of set and setting Mm -hmm. when you take psychedelics needs to be in the place where you are ready for them. And Mm -hmm. I have had experience with people that were not ready for them or were doing it reluctantly and did not have a great experience. Mm -hmm. It actually amplified that reluctancy and scare and fear anxiety. and made yeah. that anxiety and made that worse. So they need to be in the right mindset. They need to be accepting of to whether it's a microdose or a, you know, a heavier dose at some level, but they need to be, they need to be ready to surrender to what's going to happen to them and accept it and not fight it or else they potentially won't have a a good experience with it and and could it could actually set them back uh, most of the people who are curious about and interested of microdosing if it's a true microdose are you know they do it and they're just like oh wow that that was i felt good that's it i just mm-hmm. felt good um yeah. so with are starting
3: a microdose just go slow right go yeah. smaller the better right you i would go like 150 milligrams should be your sub-perceptual. Yeah, it's like just a little bit if she's nervous about it, like split one in half or, you know, like give her a a micro micro and let her try that. And so she knows if anything feels anything, that way it's not like, whoa, too much, (laughs) you know. And then, and then if you're doing, but, you know, she's got to be accepting of it and Mm -hmm. intent, you know, going with to Chris's point, intention. About why you take
0: questions lately. Yeah,
3: (laughs) what's your intention with this? Why are you taking it? What do you want from? I even set my intention when I take my microdose. Mm. You know, this is what's my intent. Uh, What I want to get out of this. You know, even though it's just setting it and just being mindful of what you're taking when you take it and and setting that mindset with it. Whether it's a small dose or whether it's a macrodose, I think it's it's really important.
0: Yeah, I think I'll also add that if it is a macrodose or like a real journey, definitely is important for have a good set and setting and someone to guide your experience, you know, don't want to go into that without knowing what you're getting into.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, particularly if you're a novice to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I think that, um, mindset is actually, my opinion is mindset is more important than setting. I think the setting, you could take a more Zen approach and, and let the setting have its own lessons for you. Um, but, uh, so like a lot of what's being driven now is like, okay, let's go into a, a nice, but, you know, controlled environment where, um, you're in a room and, and, you know, and we've blocked off maybe some of the external stimuli, but potentially some of that external stimuli has something to teach you. So mm. be open to the fact that the setting doesn't have to be hyper-controlled, Um, it's more important that you have your mindset and your intention right than it is to be in a, you know, an enclosed setting. I would say be comfortable where you're at. That would be the most important thing. Hmm.
0: And how um, often do you, how often should people microdose if they do start doing it?
3: And that's a very personal thing, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, pr- it's hard to say there's, you know, all these different protocols, the Fatiman protocol, the Stamus protocol, you know, mm. and it really should be the personal protocol. And mm. for me, my protocol is, is very personal. it's, it, I into it. it. It's like, I wake up and I go, what's my day look like? How do I feel right now? I'm going through my, you know, take my morning supplements and it's like, yes or no microdose. And I ask myself the question. Do I feel Mm. this? Do I want this today? Do I need it? And is it going to help me be, you know, for the day. And then sometimes it's just like, I don't even grab it. I go, I don't need a microdose today. I'm good. Or I like, no, I've got this, this, and this to do. And I really like to be focused in on this or I'm going for a hike. I'm going to have a little mini dose today. (laughs) So it's really kind of choose your own adventure. And I, I, I I just definitely cycle off. Obviously you can't be microdosing daily, 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 day. You need to have an on off period. Uh, And I believe that for everything that you take um, Mm -hmm. minus maybe a few basic minerals, Um, but everything else you should press pulse. You should, that's why, you know, even in our supplements, um, they're not, there's not one for every day. It's just really choose your own adventure, you know, for, for your supply. So, you know, really probably shouldn't be taking something simulating every single day. You should have it not have it a day, fast for a day or you skip it or whatever. It's just finding your own way with it and not becoming dependent on anything, whatever it is, coffee. Uh, you know, you shouldn't just rely on, on all these things. Use them to your betterment, not to your detriment.
0: Yeah. So your supplements, you're saying not to take them every single day?
3: You can take them every day. The dosage is totally safe to take every day. I don't take anything every day as I guess is my point, you know, um, especially on a fast day, it's Mm -hmm. best thing is water. And then, and so it's, I I naturally cycle and, and I into it, as, as I was saying, my, my microdosing protocol, and it's probably roughly two uh, two days out of a week that I would be microdosing.
0: Got it. I did a three month protocol before where I was doing twice a week um, and then I stopped. And now it's kind of whenever I feel like it, which is not, even every week to be honest with you
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you just find it right you find yeah. your rhythm and what feels good for you and like chris likes to do like a little mini creative dose like more like on a, a spaced out right and then yeah. that's what works and i think as adult humans we should be allowed to use these compounds for our personal betterment all right you know is to make ourselves better our You know, exploring our freedoms. This this is a freedom that we should have as Americans to access to these compounds that are totally safe and have medicinal value. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy that we don't have access to them.
0: Yeah, and there's so many benefits, like everything from the brain health to helping depression to, you know, just like rewiring your neurology in like so many ways.
3: I mean, phantom limb pain they're doing research on right now. People, you know, like people that have any amputations for accidents and stuff, that's a, that's a real, a real thing. And like painkillers don't work for that pain. And so they just wow. suffer all the time, you know, and, and this is a huge potential for that. I guess, I think the researcher at UCSD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, he had a, a, an amputation and he was a burning man, he took a bunch of mushrooms and his
2: Whoa. phantom
3: limb pain went away. And so he went and raised all this money and, they're doing major research on it in UCSD right now. It's amazing.
0: Wow. That's wild. So what, what is your guys like vision for first person and everything that you're doing? Like, what do you see this like growing into? I know a lot of stuff is happening in your world with it. I want to hear it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, there's lots of things we want to explore. Of course we're, Brain health mission-driven, but we're taking a unique angle at it. So, one of the things that we really want to help tackle is this whole um, the, this whole ritual that we have had in our country for so long of mixing drinks and having drinks together, and we think that that's still very important, like having that social aspect. Of sharing and it, it it's a ceremony, really, is what it is at some level in our society. We've been doing it's an ingrained so long, it's an important part of, of business, it's an important part of just having fun. It's a signal to say, now we're not doing this anymore, we're not working anymore, we've mixed this drink, we're all together, we are now having fun together, and mm. we're gonna talk and we're gonna laugh and we're gonna have fun, and that's important for brain health. The problem with it is that. We're doing that with a neurotoxin Mm. of alcohol that has a whole host of problems. Alcohol is the most dangerous drug that exists out there, uh, more so than any other Schedule 1 drug. Um, And so there's a possibility that uh, you you could replace that in the future of a psychedelic drink. There's a possibility that we're working on right now of replacing that with a a functional type spirit that would still give you that social lubricant still give you that good feeling similar to what golden hour is doing, but in a drink form that you could actually have behind the bar and still mix and still have fun and still have your own personal take on what kind of drink you like, but take away the neurotoxicity of having a bunch of alcohol in your system. Um, So we've done some, experimentation in this already. Um, It does work. It's really um, a fabulous thing that is going to be wonderful that we're going to be uh, releasing next year as a consumer product in in the United States. And then part of our Jamaica um, is uh, the psychedelic drink, which we've also Mm. made already, which is an amazing, amazing paradigm shifting uh, potential product uh, for our society. That sounds grandiose to say, but that's what it feels like when you experience it because you have a drink of it. It comes on similar to alcohol um, with our proprietary technique of, of what we're doing with it. So in you know, 10 minutes, you're starting to feel it. You have a couple of them. You feel great. You laugh. You have a great evening. In a few hours, you totally sober up and you drive home without... Being impaired at all, and you wake up the next morning having bettered your brain, ready to go again rather than feeling like crap from a hangover. So that's a big social problem that we want to tackle next. And part of that is going to involve some really fun experiential things that we're going to do in Jamaica where people can come down and, and experience this firsthand in a legal setting, wow. possibly around some fun uh festival events that we will be putting on um, and really kind of shine the light on that this is the future of of not only medicine for treating what's wrong, but just for being a better person and being a better human and being a healthier human for your whole life and getting your brain better throughout your whole life.
0: Wow. That is freaking amazing. I was yeah. not expecting all of that. that <laughs> I, like, I'm already envisioning it. That would be so much better than bars and people getting wasted. I was just downtown, which I don't really go downtown that often. Last weekend, I went out with my best girlfriend and we don't really drink a lot, but once in a while I'll have like a drink. But we saw like, you know, several people just stumbling around the sidewalk, like looking like zombies. And I was like, wow, that is like really scary, (laughs) like (laughs) that people go out and just like get that hammered. And like, I mean, most of us have been there at some point in our lives. But to see that shift to drinking something that is actually good for us and can still, uh, you know, make us feel like really open and have fun is really awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you, like the, how dangerous that is to be that drunk. Like it is, mm-hmm. it's literally you're on the on the edge of death. Like just just physiologically, <laughs> like your body's just hanging on if you're like that wasted. Right, it's like the tipping point to ODing on alcohol is not very high. You know, you really? drink a, a full yeah. If you drink like a handle of vodka oh, by yourself, like a full bottle of vodka, oh. uh, it, it's, it's fatal, right? <laughs> like Amy Winehouse. I mean, you name name so many people that have done literally that thing. If they drink a couple of bottles of vodka and wow. good night Irene, That's then you you die. Uh, your body can only process so much.
0: Wow, so, that's crazy. It's wild to know that to think that, and yet so many people are spend so much money to God every weekend drinking. I used to be a bartender, so I mean, I was in that realm for a very long yeah, time you, a
3: while ago. Me too. Need to. I don't it, even know how I
0: drank. Like I drank back in the day. <laughs>
3: yeah, me neither. And the social harm, you know, the social harm that the uh, knock-on social harm that is—it's broad-reaching, from you know, auto accident deaths to mm. child abuse to you know, partner abuse. It's—it's it's huge uh, societal uh, damaging uh, alcohol. I mean, I'm not I'm trying to get it banned or anything. It's just saying, as a yeah. whole, when you think, think like, how. We can't have access to these things that can actually do people good, heal their brains, and make them better people, and actually more conscientious people to the, to each other and to the planet. But we can't have those. But we you can go drink a bottle of Jack Daniels and, and beat your wife up. That's fine.
0: Yeah, that makes zero
3: sense. <laughs> doesn't it? I
0: sense. would love to see the day that there's more of these mushroom elixir bars. <laughs> that with your with your stuff and I definitely want to freaking come to Jamaica when you guys do the festival yeah count me in 100 <laughs>
2: 100
3: we'd love to have you down there
0: oh that sounds awesome well this was amazing I feel like I could talk to you guys forever about all this stuff but thank you so much for sharing all of this and for doing what you're doing and I just love your vision and like passion and dedication to this work and spreading the message, the mushroom mes- message.
1: <laughs> Thank and you. Yeah. It is, it's a lot of yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny it with the, the mushroom message when we start getting into this, and we talk to a lot of people in the industry. It's it's like the the mushrooms are a sentient being that have their own agenda. And at some level, it feels like we're working for them. We're just here doing their duty for them and getting them out to the world because uh, so many amazing things have happened since we got into this world that just puts the connections together and makes it happen.
0: Mm, mm, well, I definitely believe it. Have you seen Fantastic Fungi? Yes. yes. Of course. That's a silly yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. When I was watching that, I was like, yeah, mushrooms are just like an intelligence that exists. It, we are mushrooms <laughs> too. That's
2: right. <laughs> That's right. So awesome. Yeah.
0: So where can people find out um, more about first person? Of course, I'll leave the links, but I want to give you guys a chance to share where people can find you guys or first person or whatever yeah, else.
3: Get, get first is our, our website and uh, get first person is our Instagram handle
0: so sweet cool I'll leave that in the show notes and highly encourage everyone to try these out also they're just super cool looking and fun to take like I said
1: <laughs> well, thank you
0: guys so much this was amazing and I thank hope you yeah soon.
1: yeah you will you will thanks Stephanie
0: Yeah. <laughs>